This is Frank Perez, and if you're the private investigator I think you are that went to my, my goddaughter's and godson's house, I told you don't fucking call us again. Unless the police officers show up with a warrant that I have to talk to you, I'm not going to. When this thing goes to court and trial, I have one shot and one opportunity to be not guilty or I go to prison in death row. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the reality of it. We have busted alibis. We have caught people in lies. This is just insane because everybody's pointing the finger at somebody else. You just don't hear every day walking in somebody's house, they're going to take the plastic out and pop somebody. So he could get the execution date pretty much any day? Yeah. There's no impediment. This is Cousins by Blood. Episode 26, Frank, the Roommate, Part 1. If Ivan did not commit this crime, there is one person that would have to be at the top of the list of persons of interest. And that is James and Amy's mysterious roommate at the time of their murders. Frank Perez, who seemed to blow into town right before the murders and vanish shortly after. I wanted to know what James and Amy Kitchen's friends knew about this guy. So, you'll remember at the end of season two, I asked Carlos and Anthony this. So did you hear about any roommate that James had? No. His wife. Other than his wife? um, No. Did you know that if uh, James or Amy had any roommates? If James or Amy had any roommates, no, no, no. James is not the person to have anybody really live in his house. As far as I know, he's just that type of guy, you know what I mean? There was this guy, um, and I think that he might have worked with you um, at the mortgage company by the name of Frank Perez. Does that name sound familiar? No. Frank Perez? No, 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 Frank, no Frank Perez. Yeah, because it's interesting that uh, at least Frank Perez, I haven't talked to him yet, but he says he was living there about three weeks right before the murders. Really? You'll also remember Amy Head was good friends with Amy Kitchen, so I asked Amy Head. Did you know anything about, I guess, a roommate that James and Amy had prior to the murders. Who's the roommate? They didn't ever have a roommate. So who is the Uh, roommate? The roommate was uh, a Mr. Frank Perez. Hmm. Um, That's news to me. I've never known anybody to live with James and Amy. I would think I would have known. I know uh, one thing I did know about James and Amy, they were very private people and only a certain amount of people were allowed at their residence. That's what I can. I know 100%. So, what was the deal with this mysterious roommate? Well, 
you'd have to figure he had a key to James and Amy Kitchen's house. James is a tough, bad motherfucker. There had to be a lot of people there. You want me to tell you why? Because James is not going to hold still. Was kind of a struggle. They did it. Forced in. Person. No forced entry. I don't really know that much about how much money you could get from a burlap bag of marijuana, but there were multiple bags of that. When they searched James's house, who got that out of the house? Like, where did that go? Frank Perez also had a key to James' office. Someone had been in there going through things because papers were all over the floor, drawers were pulled out, files were thrown around. You know, it was just disheveled. You'll also remember there was a witness named Anna with Mark Kitchen, Amy Kitchen's brother. They were both in the house the day the bodies were found. Mark Kitchen called the police because of what Anna told him. This is from that report. Mr. Kitchen stated that he was talking to Anna and that she told him that she thought that Mr. Perez was acting very strange and suspicious. Mr. Kitchen stated that she told him that while she was at the location, Mr. Perez was using his sweater to open a door and turn the lights on, as if he didn't want to leave his fingerprints on anything. Additionally, she told him that Mr. Perez said they weren't killed last night, they were killed today. Now, how would Frank know that? So Frank was the enigma in this case. A guy who no one else seemed to know. A guy who was 10 years older than James. A guy who was about 15 years older than Amy Kitchen. So for James and Amy to take on this roommate, Frank, doesn't seem like an ideal situation for a newly engaged couple. Something about this situation just sounded off. I'm not sure how long the police looked at Frank Perez. There was no lengthy witness statement. So to get Frank's account of what was going on, we need to dig into the trial transcripts. Mr. Perez, could you state your name for the jury? Frank Perez. What is your occupation? Mortgage banking. And how long have you been in mortgage banking? Since November of last year. November of 2000? Yes, ma'am, that's correct. And prior to being in mortgage banking... What did you do for a living? I was a car manager, finance manager, and in Corpus Christi, used cars, new cars, that type of thing. Did you know the victims in this case? James Mosqueda and Amy Kitchen? Yes, I did. And so, you've known James since when? Since early 90s. And how did you meet James Mosqueda? Through a friend of the car business. He bought a vehicle from me. One of the managers introduced me to him. You also stated you had worked in Corpus Christi. Yes, ma'am. When did you work in Corpus Christi? I was born and raised in Corpus, in the car business from 91 up until about 94. I opened up some restaurants, then sold them, and from 90 on worked here in Dallas. When did you go back to Corpus? Shortly after the murder. Third week of November, December time frame. What was your relationship with James Mosqueda? We were pretty good friends. Real good friends, I would say. Do you know the defendant in this case, Ivan Cantu? Yes, I do. Where did you meet Mr. Cantu? I couldn't tell you what year, but James introduced us. When did James go into the mortgage business? 
he started off processing. I would, I think he was in a total of four years, four or five years. Did you eventually go to work for him? Yeah. And what part of the mortgage business did James do? We were brokers, mortgage brokers. We were the middle people between the customer and the underwriter. And when did James start talking to you about coming online with his business? Almost a year sometime. What was the eventual plan? We were to, because of my Spanish abilities, speaking abilities, we would branch out to San Antonio, Austin, and eventually Corpus Christi. When you started working for James Mosqueda, or immediately prior to that, where were you living? In Corpus Christi. Did you stay there until James asked you to come on? That's correct. The murders happened November 3rd. When did you move back here in relationship to that? About three weeks prior to. When you moved up here, where did you live? Uh, During the weekdays, James and I had an arrangement where I would stay with him during the days, uh, during the weekdays, because it was easier. He figured that it would be best for me to stay in town and stay at his house during the week, during the weekdays. Where did you stay on the weekends? With a friend of mine and very good close friends of mine. What are their first names? Rick and Laura. For this podcast, we'll refer to Rick's wife as Laura. And how do you know Rick and Laura? I met Rick through the car business when I worked at North Central. And why did you stay with them on the weekends? We were very close and they want me to... I'm kind of like an adopted son, I think. We were very close. I found it a little interesting that Rick would have thought of Frank as an adopted son. Frank was only three years younger than Rick. How many weekends had you stayed with them prior to the murder? Almost every week. Well, every weekend. I stayed with James during the weekdays and them on the weekends. When you stayed with James and Amy, which room would you stay in? As you come in, he had a former room that he had turned into a weight room, and the room that I stayed in was the one on the right, first bedroom to the right. Did you actually have things at their house if you were going back and forth? Well, I initially, I didn't bring a lot with me. I brought a couple of bags, and I hated to, I hate to put Amy to a lot of trouble because she was the type that would really like to clean and make sure I had what I needed. So I would take the things with me to Rick's house and wash them there. I had a couple duffel bags and hangers. So, on the weekend, you kind of loaded up your bags and left. And would wash them over there and hang out with the kids and whatever. First of all, how did Amy Kitchen keep her house? Immaculate. With regard to the bedroom where you stayed, how did you keep that room? Same as the house, as clean as I possibly could. And when you would leave in the morning, did you leave the bed unmade? No, ma'am. I made it every morning. I felt bad if Amy had to go in there and clean up after me. And that Friday morning, November 3rd, before you left the house, did you make the bed? Yes, ma'am. And this is very interesting. Frank testified that he made the bed every morning and on the day in question, Friday, November 3rd. But you'll remember, Sylvia told me that when she went into the house after the murders... And I looked at uh, the spare bedroom that was across from the office. And the bed looked like somebody had slept in it for a month straight. And I always slept in the same spot and left the covers the way they were. It was never made up. My kitchen, that gal is a clean freak. I just can't imagine her not going in there and making up that bed. But she did not go in that room. That was out of character for her. 
I'll show you what's been marked as State's Exhibit Number 15. Do you recognize the bedroom? That's the room I stayed in. Did you leave the bed like that when you left Friday morning, November 3rd? No, I did not. So like Sylvia said, the picture and evidence of the guest bedroom shows the bed in disarray. You can see the picture on our social media pages and website. There's no way to know how long it had been slept in and unmade, but it clearly appears that someone slept in that bed, meaning that either Frank is lying about making that bed or the killer would have had to mess up that bed during the offense and further... Do you know whether or not Amy and James used pillows from that room in the master bedroom? Not while I was there. While you were in there, all the pillows were there that were supposed to be there? Yes, ma'am. Also in pictures, there's a pillow from the guest bedroom by the foot of James and Amy Kitchen's bed. That pillow is soaked in blood. The killer would have had to bring that pillow into James and Amy's room. For what reason... I don't know. Approximately how long would you say you worked for James before he was killed? Three weeks while I was employed. During those three weeks, did the defendant call the mortgage business looking for James? Several times. And how would you say the frequency was from when you first got there leading up to the murder? Initially, not very often, but the last week, give or take a couple days, it was several times. Specifically with regard to that, the last couple of days that James was alive, do you recall the defendant calling the office? Yes, ma'am. Who was he looking for? James. It was an ongoing joke because just a pain and he wanted money. Do you know how much money the defendant was wanting 20000 Why was he calling James for that money? James was probably the only one that he knew that had that kind of cash. And this $20,000 will come up again later in this case. Did James give it to him? No. Did he want to give it to him? No, ma'am. Specifically on Friday, November 3rd, was that the last day you saw James alive? Yes, ma'am. Did the defendant call the office on that day? Yes, he did. How many times did he call the office? Twice, if I'm not mistaken. And who was he wanting to talk to? James. And did he tell you why? Money. Did you work with James all day that day? Yes, ma'am, from 9 a.m. on. And how was he acting that day? Pretty good. We had a lot of fun. In fact, that day we even practiced putting in the office. We had a good day. We had a lot of clients, and we set up an appointment. Did he seem nervous or scared? No, we were a lot of fun. We had a good time. Was he acting like somebody was after him? No, ma'am. I assume the prosecution went down this line of questioning to discredit Ivan's story about the pizza man and James owing someone a lot of money. How late did you all work that day, Friday the 3rd? I was the last to leave. They worked, and I couldn't be specific, Between 5.30 and 6 o'clock was when they left. He and Ray left. What was your understanding of what James was doing that evening? He had dinner with his father-in-law, Amy's dad. They weren't legally married, but he felt that they were. He kept saying my father-in-law, so... 
What was your understanding of when you were supposed to see James again? The next morning at 9 o'clock a.m. How late did you stay at work that Friday night? I stayed for some time. I left before 7 o'clock, but I couldn't tell you exactly what time. It was still daylight, and I went to have dinner. Where did you go when you left work? Humperdinks down the street. How long were you at Humperdinks? I couldn't tell you. Dinner, a couple of drinks. I had to be... I wanted to get back to Rick's house early because I knew I had to be up early. Did you stay there? Spend the night there at Rick's house? That's correct. Tell me about the appointment the next morning. James and I were to meet up at the office at 9 a.m. because we had to be in Fort Worth by 10. We were signing up some clients that I had newly acquired. When you say signing them up, what do you mean? Whenever somebody buys a house, as I said, there are disclosures and applications that they have to sign an initial and help fill out. Who was supposed to be there at 9 o'clock a.m. on Saturday? Just James and I. We were going to go in his car to the clients or to the agent's office. And you were at the office at 9 o'clock. Was anyone else there? No, ma'am. Did you wait for James? Oh, yeah. How long did you wait? I finished. I went 10.30, maybe 11 at the latest. I stayed there. When James didn't show up at 9 o'clock, did you think that was unusual? Very unusual. So I was calling prior to me arriving at the office and shortly after at the office. I kept calling his house and telling him to hurry up, that type of thing. Did you get any answer? Answering machine, both on his voicemail at home and his phone, cell phone. Did you ever go to Fort Worth? No, we conducted our business over the phone. What did you do for the rest of the day? I ate and visited different friends at different car lots, car dealerships. Why did you do that? I have some pretty good friends here, just visiting, saying hi, that type of thing. When did you find out about James and Amy? After I left Bob Thomas Ford and McKinney, I went to the house, the Rick residence. I arrived there. I'm talking within minutes I was there. I didn't have time to get comfortable when my cell phone rang and I was told. So I flew back to the house. And who was it that you got the phone call from? From a mutual friend of ours, a gentleman by the name of Dino. I had just left his office, actually. His office? Where? In McKinney, Bob Thomas Ford. He was a finance manager at the time. And when you were talking to Dino, that point, neither one of you knew? No, no. What did you do after you got that phone call? Shortly after, I freaked out. I got on the road and got there. When I first arrived at the scene, I saw Mr. Sanchez was already there, Ray Sanchez, and we hugged. And he was telling me what happened, and he was crying and pretty emotionally shocked. Then I went up to the to the garage over by where the officers were standing and looking at, at the Mercedes, and I gave them my name, and I told them I lived there. And that's that's when I announced myself. They did not let me in the house, no. Did you eventually go down to the police station that evening? Yes, ma'am. They took me down and took a statement. After you gave your statement to the police, did they bring you back? Yes, they did. Were you eventually allowed to go inside the house? Yes, ma'am. When you went inside the home, what did you do? I went in with the family, and James's mother was pretty distraught. And we were just sitting there talking in the living room at first. You'll remember this is what Sylvia told me that Gladys, James' mother, told her about the interaction with Frank when he came into the house at this point. And he comes into the house uh, after the police let everybody in that Saturday night. He's in there and he starts getting the rent checks from the duplex or the houses that James had. He had a couple of rent houses in Oak Cliff and he's getting these rent checks. And he's telling Gladys that he'll deposit these for the 
for the business that he's taken over James's business. When Gladys heard him say that, she doesn't know him from, from anything. She says, who in the hell are you? And then she told him, get the fuck out of here. Get out. She threw him out of the house. Did you gather or collect anything from the home while you were in there? There was some check stubs and some receipts and checks for the company that I opened the door and I knew where they had held them. And I asked James's mother if I could take those with me, and she said she didn't care, so I took them with me. Why did you want to take those with you? I didn't want anybody to steal them because there was a bunch of people coming in and out of the house that we didn't know. What happened to James's mortgage company? It's been disbanded. Whose decision was that? I wanted to keep it together in memory of, but we really didn't. I mean, we were using his license. James' license? Yes. That last week that James was alive, leading up to Friday, November 3rd, did any people that you didn't know or anyone unusual come to the house at night looking for James? Never. Thank you, Mr. Perez. Next, Frank's alibi took the stand. Would you introduce yourself to the jury, please? My name is Rick. What is your occupation? I'm a used car director at Bankston Lincoln Mercury. Do you know a James Mosqueda? Uh-huh, I do. He handled my mortgage when I bought my house. Do you know Frank Perez? Yes, I do. I worked with him since 95. Has he ever come to your house? Absolutely. I want to take you back now to November of 2000. Was Frank Perez coming to your house at that time? Yes. How often was he coming to your home? Uh, Every weekend. And what was the purpose of him coming to your home on the weekend? He was learning to get in the mortgage business, and his primary home was in Corpus. And so, in an effort to help a friend out, I told him he could stay with us during that process. Do you know where he stayed during the week? At James's house. Specifically, on November 3rd of 2000. It was a Friday. Do you know if Frank Perez came to your home? Yes, he did. About what time did he get there? It was sometime after supper. Did he ever leave again that evening? No. When was the next time he left your house? Saturday morning, about 7. What was your understanding as to where he was going? That he was going to meet James. When is the next time that you spoke with Frank Perez? Sometime late afternoon on Saturday. My wife called and said Frank got a phone call, and he left out of the house all freaked out, and I called Frank on his cell phone. He had said something that something was going on with James. He was going down to his house to find out what was happening, and I talked to him the whole way. What was his demeanor like when he was telling you what had happened? He was in disbelief. And the day that you are describing, that would have been Saturday, November 4th. That's correct. And then the night before, Friday night, is the night that he came to your house sometime after dinner and spent the night. That's correct. So at trial... Rick confirmed Frank was staying at their house that Friday night. But if Frank was devious enough to be involved in the murders, certainly he would have been slick enough to manufacture an alibi out of town that night. Could he have paid off Rick? I didn't know, but I figured catching Rick out of the blue 20 years later would be the way to find out. It was a Saturday in September. Rick lived towards the end of a dead-end country road, about an hour outside Dallas. Thank <laughs> you. 
I'm private investigator. My name is Matt Dupp. Yeah. Yeah, I'm working on a case from back in 2000. There was a man convicted of murder, and I believe that, um, I believe your husband testified at the trial. Does that sound familiar? Uh, no, but okay. The guy who wants to talk to you, remember, do, do you remember testifying for something? I don't know, something about a murder? <laughs> yeah, it was It was from 2000. Here, Let me give you my fine. business card. Okay, great. Okay. You testified? Yeah, you testified for what? Uh, just a quick... Yeah, who are you? Yeah, my name is Matt Duff. I'm, so, I'm a private investigator. Okay. And the guy that was convicted, Ivan Can 2, um, he is, he's still alive actually. He's been on death row. Yes, sir. What's his name? Uh, the guy convicted? Yeah. It was Ivan Cantu. And it was the cousin of James. Did you know oh. James Mosqueda? I'm, I'm confused. You didn't testify at that one. You, yeah, we were talking about, did you? Did, uh, um. Frank Perez, did, Frank Perez is a friend of our family. What was Frank? Yeah. Sorry, we're old. It's we don't okay. It was it was, like it, was, we used to. it was a long it was a yeah. long time ago. That's a long fucking time. Yeah, now we've been through a lot of stuff now, since then. I don't want this guy to get fried for no reason, but uh, and, and that's, that's what a the, way to put it. Uh, <laughs> well that's what I'm looking into. <laughs> now how how do you guys know Frank, I guess? Let's Frank start there. Actually we he met him when he was working at North Central Ford. And he's an old friend of the, he's been a friend of ours since Rick was working at North Central Ford in Richardson. And then just through working together, you guys? Oh, uh, he's, he's, he's a godparent, godfather of our daughter. Yeah. Oh, wow. And were you guys living here at the time? Uh, that would have been, when did you guys buy we this house? We moved here in 98. Okay, so this so, was in 2000. Yeah, so we were here. Yeah. I really I've got the transcript on my computer. Yeah. That would be cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, before I get that, so did Frank Perez ever stay here? He stayed here a couple of times, but yeah, he stayed here. At, not not as a resident, no. Why? No. Well, did, I'm just asking, did he oh, ever? did he spend the night? Oh, yeah, yeah, did he spend the night? Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Over and, the course of all those years yeah so multi I mean, multiple times I mean, he, I mean he lived in galveston and when he came up but right. i mean i haven't we haven't seen him how long has it been oh my gosh i couldn't tell you but it's been years it's probably been four or five years yeah frank's a good good buddy yeah. man um let me show yeah you test i opened up my laptop on the desk that rick was sitting at in his living room and i pulled up the trial transcript as his wife, who we'll call Laura, read from it. I was trying to see if that could refresh their memory about the weekend. James's house, do you know where he stayed? At James's house, specifically. Yeah, you knew that then. It's yeah. been 20 years. It's been 20 years, specifically on November 3rd, 2000. It was Friday. Do you remember testifying at all? Yes, he did. What time he got there after Was this supper. a phone call? No. No, this was at court. Yeah. At the court. Did he ever leave that no, evening? Then the next time, Saturday morning, yeah. Drug use? Was 
was drug use. Or, I didn't or, even know. Point right there. He, they asked if, 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 if he was fired because of drug use. Who, Frank? Yeah, I didn't. Frank doesn't use drugs. He never used drugs. Yeah. I never saw it. He wouldn't be my child's godfather. Right. If. Ivan's lawyer asked Rick during the cross-examination if he was aware that Frank got fired from North Central Ford because of drug use, to which Rick replied no. Ivan's lawyer also went down that line of questioning with Frank, asking him if he got fired because of drug use, to which Frank testified no. So I'm not sure where they got that information from. It didn't go anywhere at trial. But Laura was taken aback that drugs had even been brought up. She quickly finished the transcript. Yeah, it was only those five pages. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah, they just got you in and out. I just remember Frank being, Frank was sad. That's all I remember. And Rick was like, I can't believe this happened. That's all I remember is that everybody was sad about it. And it was a shock. Mm -hmm. Everybody was shocked to shit that, that that kind of crap happened. Right. And, but as for Frank, uh, honestly, I mean, he came and stayed here all the time. He watched our kids for us numerous times. Never saw him take drugs, never saw him do drugs, never had him, okay. never ever questioned his character in the least. I mean, we've known him since 95. Can I ask you where you're going with this? Yeah, I'm just confirming with everybody yeah. and if there's any other information that you guys have. Because he tried so many appeals, he tried to get on the Innocence Project. He's always maintained his innocence. So I'm just trying to figure out, is there anything there? Yeah. Um, so, you know, so looking at the other, you're also looking at all the other suspects. The, the, which, the other angles, like right. who, who else could have been a wrench? And obviously, uh, that's why I wanted, I got to talk to Frank, because obviously he was staying there at the time. Actually, he was here that night. Well, yeah, he was here that night, right? The, the night, night that it actually that, happened. That it happened. Right. And and he got a phone call and said, the next oh, my day. dad, That's oh, what... shit, I gotta go. I gotta go. Right. I gotta go, and then he took out. Yeah. Who called him and told him it happened? That's what I gotta... Uh, I just, uh, yeah, as for, as for the whole, as for the whole, to remember the whole thing, there's no way we'll remember the whole thing. Right. But to remember Frank coming here to, and staying to, here. To put it He bluntly, did often. To put it bluntly, there, there's, there's no, no way Frank was involved. Involved in at all. Okay, that's that's great to know. Yeah, I mean, yeah he, he really, yeah, yeah. Like I said, there's never been any question of his character, right. in our opinion. I wasn't anticipating it. I should have. But Rick got Frank on the phone. Hey. You there? Yeah, I'm here. This was not how I wanted to interview Frank, on speakerphone, with his longtime friends in the room. Yeah, I, I don't know if you've kept up with this at all, but... Um, uh, I, no, I, 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 just, I was just hoping to hear the good news that that guy was dead. 
he had an execution date in 2011. He got a stay, yeah, I, and now it sounds like it's coming back around. But that's why I wanted to talk to you, um, and I'm, I'm re-interviewing as many people as I can. At that time, I guess you were live. Were you living uh, with James and Amy during the week, or how, how was that working? I'm, I'm really uncomfortable just being at that house. And, and the more I'm thinking about it, the more aggravated I'm here, that you're even there. Oh yeah, and I'm not, I'm not trying to bother them. I, I, I can leave at any time. But if yeah, you are, and if I was there, you wouldn't have gone off the property. Hey, cuz. Yeah. Look, it, it's no bother to me. The more I'm thinking about this, I'm not, I'm not happy right now. Okay. Know? All right. Like that All right. Okay. Let's get this over with. Okay. The question is, yes, I will it. Okay. And uh, apparently Friday night, James had told his mother that someone was supposedly coming over that night. You'll remember in episode seven, Sylvia told me this. Gladys told me that she was supposed to spend the night that Friday night. That she was supposed to spend the night? Mm-hmm. And he told her, you can't spend the night because I had people coming over. But he had company coming over. She said, I should have come over anyway after he told me no. My son might still be alive. Do you have any idea who that was? I don't think I did my best uh, trying to remember any detail, but uh, I've forgotten a few details. Uh, I can tell you my vague moments of that date and the day before, but I remember he wanted some honey and he was making a scene and, and he had called. Frank is referring to Ivan. And at the time, I was working for him in the mortgage is saying Ivan was going to stay in the guest bedroom that night, which is interesting, but we'll get back to that. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. 
Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The reason why I was staying with James and Anne in the first place was moving back here. I don't know. Just like, uh, why don't you stay here? Because he had an extra room and he liked the company. And we don't know a lot to begin with here anyway. I don't know how it came up. He says, hey, you know. I need a floor, you want you to work for me, and while you're, while you're working for me, why don't you stay there so we can work at night, I can train you and all this stuff, so, so, I remember, I know he never wrote it, I said, I don't, I don't remember this stuff, and I remember there was a thing about the diamond ring that this piece of shit took, yeah. uh, so whatever the police were able to find and get, and get back to his mom, that's our blessing. The mother says that, um, it was actually Mark Kitchen, Amy's brother, that somehow got the Rolex. Mark didn't. I always thought I had something to do with it because at the funeral, when I was there, uh, he, he came up with it with one of those young people and said that he didn't want me there. The family didn't. Mark and I, later on, Mark apologized. Okay. But the whole time, Mark uh, thought, well, for a long time, Mark thought I was part of whatever shit off that swinging path. And, and I didn't hold that against him. You know, he loved his sister very, very much. Right. And, and yeah, he was suspicious of it. It seemed like, because well, in, in the case old. file, it does seem like he was trying to, to get the cops to look at you. Um, well, they did. Okay. They did check me out. And they told Mark that, that Mark took it to the extreme. He said, I was living there, and I don't know why me more than most, because Mark and I never actually met. And, oh, okay. uh, and he ended up working for the dealer that I worked for, that Rick and I both worked for, for a little while, and he worked for them as a car salesman. And, and that's where I think I actually met him and we had more than a two minute conversation. And he was hateful and, and angry and everything else. And he, and he he took them looking into me as if I was it. That, that was their just because of me. And he couldn't figure out that they looked into everybody. So Were you ever at the house after the murders with um, Mark yeah. there? See, he says you were, he said you were. That would be when Mark Kitchen was in the house with Anna, his translator friend, and she said Frank was acting suspicious. Well, after the murder, I went that night. Yeah. They wanted to know where she kept the jewelry. The police wanted to know that. Yeah, they just wanted, they wanted to know details of who stepped on what side, uh, that kind of thing. And uh, they told me that, they, that he shot him in the head. Yeah. He shot her. And then while she was trying to get away from him, he shot her and they took the ring off her finger. Mm-hmm. If, if I'm not mistaken, that was what they thought. Mm-hmm. And took whatever he took. Then he tried to start the Mercedes, but he was too stupid to start it. He didn't know how to start it. So he ended up trying, then he ended up taking the vet. So I, got, I remember getting my clothes and I got in my, I got in the police car and they got me the hell out of there. And then you never went back to the house? I said we'd get back to this now as we know Ivan went over to James and Amy's house that night 
Ivan has always said that. But had Ivan asked James to spend the night, was Ivan the company coming over and the reason that James didn't want his mother or Frank over that night? Well, let's think about it. If Ivan had asked James to spend the night for some reason, Ivan could have acted like he was going to sleep in the guest bedroom, let James and Amy Kitchen get ready for bed or even go to sleep, and then spring from the guest room into their bedroom, catching them completely off guard and shooting them in cold blood. That could explain a lot. That would explain why the guest bed looked like it had been slept in. That would explain why James and Amy Kitchen were in the back bedroom probably sleeping. And that could explain why the pillow from the guest bedroom was on James and Amy's bed in the crime scene photos. Maybe Ivan thought he could use it as a silencer or carried it into the room, hiding the gun. But the problem with all that is there's no other evidence to support that theory. And it conflicts with Amy's testimony. Amy Betcher said that Ivan called James around 11 or 11.30 that night and just said he needed to talk to him. There was no mention of spending the night. And Amy said Ivan was only gone from their apartment for about 45 minutes, which wouldn't seem to be enough time to hang out for a bit, pretend to go to bed, wait until James and Amy Kitchen went to bed, and so on. And Amy didn't say anything about Ivan taking an overnight bag or anything like that over there. Amy just said he took over a gun. Further, she said that Ivan was ready to go out and party for the evening. Now, in Frank's trial testimony, which you heard, he never testified that he knew or heard that Ivan was the one coming over that night. And that was the reason James didn't want him there that night. While anything is possible, if that was the case, and Frank knew that at the time, that would have been very significant. And Frank would have testified to that at trial. But he never did. And there's no other evidence to support that. So likely Frank is saying that now because I asked him if he knew of anyone supposed to be coming over. For now, it's still a mystery if James had other company coming over that night and why, if Frank said he made the bed every morning, was that guest bedroom a mess in the crime scene photos? Did you know um, Carlos Gonzalez, James' friend? I don't remember, Buffett. It's been so long. I think James knew a lot of people. At trial, basically, um, this Carlos guy makes it sound like James was a big-time drug dealer. <laughs> and actually, that's not correct. While Carlos testified that James used to deal drugs, it was Detective Wynn that confirmed his investigation concluded that James was a drug dealer. I think that's why, that's why Mark Mark thought that. Mark, I don't know if Mark ever liked James or not, but I think that I heard that, but now everybody knows, and it came out in trial, I, yes, I testified that he does, he did smoke. He did smoke weed, and then they found uh, marijuana in his house, small bits of it. Yeah, he smoked. I don't think Amy did, but he did, and, and she made him go outside. I remember him having to go to the garage. He smoked, and no, he didn't deal, no, he wasn't all that crap, but the piece of the trash wanted him to... Say he was. I lived with him, so I know. I, I would have 
But you've heard people saying they saw big bags or tubs full of marijuana. So was James hiding that side from Frank? Or did Frank know? It was, it was a piece of shit. Morning, come in. It's one of his cousins came out and stole money from him. James wouldn't give it. And uh, apparently he told him to go to bed or something. I don't know. I mean, I can't see why he was there that night, but he was. That was the biggest mistake that man ever made. I don't care what people say. I just live there. Other people said, and even like James's mom has said, that she thinks multiple people had to be involved um, because James was a, a pretty pretty tough guy. Um, and uh, how could this the, the, little the skinny guy? Adam, I, know what I understand they're looking for other reasons. I never saw a conspiracy from the moment, and then when, the moment, when they told me, they caught him, uh, and they had. Uh, when I talk to the detective, they know who it is, they got him on film. Here's something else that's curious. Frank's not the only one that's told me that cops had footage of the perpetrator on camera, apparently at a gas station, right after the murders. So the police were telling people that, yet there was no record of camera footage, and it was never brought up at trial. Surely, if they had footage of Ivan, they would have used that against him at trial. Could it have been of someone else? I don't know. But the police told numerous people that they had footage of the perpetrator. And you never really heard anything uh, additionally after uh, the murder, other than just like little hearsay and rumors, nothing that was like, hmm. Now the people that knew us, knew the situation, had enough respect not to bring it up ever. And that's the way I can, if somebody was stupid enough to bring it up, I kind of made it clear, don't ever do it again, so. This was not the setting I felt would be most successful for asking Frank the hard questions, such as, why did he say to Mark Kitchen's friend Anna that James and Amy weren't killed last night, they were killed today? And why, according to Anna, was Frank using his sweater to turn on light switches and touch doorknobs? I thought if I went down that line of questioning, that would really freak out Laura, who was already visibly unnerved. I decided it would be best to call Frank back at a later date and hopefully not bringing up these sensitive questions in front of his friends would win me a little favor in our next conversation. So I put a pin in the rest of the questions I had for Frank. Well, thank you again for your time. I'm going to get out of these guys' house, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've just got to check down every lead. Hey, hey, hold on a second. Ray, I'm so sorry. Did you have to go to I love you very much. All right, all right, Frank. See ya. Bye. Bye, baby. I had really bad anxiety disorder, so oh. I was just so. Well, bad. I didn't. Uh, yeah, that's okay. Okay. I, I don't, so the whole hearing about the drug thing that just terrifies me. I'm gonna say this too. You know, because just being a lay person and all that kind of crap. Yeah. You know, like Frank said, if he sold to his friends, to somebody like me, that's a dealer. 
so it, it could be perspective too. Just saying, because honestly, I didn't even know Frank was associated with anything like that. Like I didn't even know Frank did yeah. pot or right. I don't think he did. I don't know if he did. Maybe he did, but he never did it around our kids. I would have never asked him to be a godfather had I known been associated with people who would give pot to his friends of friends that freaks me out because it's kind of that kind of stuff that makes you go i'm not trusting yeah. at all of people and frank there's no way uh -oh. there, i mean honestly no I, i'm glad that to hear that though. Uh, really because honestly i mean that would just be an empty hole one i'm you know he was here if we say he was here he was here that's just who we are i i wouldn't have anybody around my family that i didn't feel i mean we are my kids call him uncle frankie and all right so let me ask you this and just tell me when to leave guys i don't oh, want to yeah. sorry we're so, also talking your ear off so we're not, I'm, I'm fine um but just tell me i don't want to outstay they were gracious with their time and wanted to hear more about the case unlike frank they weren't concerned with me being in their home so i stuck around for another 10 or 15 minutes probably before seeing myself to the door i will say this if he's innocent uh, godspeed and and i wish you luck take care Yep. And you thank too. you for everything. Good luck. Bye-bye, guys. I came away with no inclination that Rick or Laura were covering for Frank. They seemed like good people. But there was a side to Frank that they didn't know. Frank had multiple felony drug charges on his record. Possession and possession with the intent to deliver. And I didn't believe Frank was oblivious to the size of James' drug business. With all of the other accounts from people seeing large quantities of drugs in that house, and the accounts that James would not let anyone in his home that he didn't have an extreme amount of trust in due to his drug business. So when Frank said this in his trial testimony... What was the eventual plan? Because of my Spanish abilities, speaking abilities, we would branch out to San Antonio, Austin, and eventually Corpus Christi. Given Frank's drug charges with intent to deliver, was the plan just branching out James' mortgage business? Or was it branching out James' drug business as well? If both were lucrative in Dallas, it does seem plausible to expand both. Was Frank someone that James could trust in both business ventures? Would that better explain why James and Amy, a newly engaged couple, would open their home to Frank? I didn't know, but I did know I needed to pin Frank down on the hard questions, the questions I didn't feel comfortable asking him in front of Rick and Laura. So, after a bit of time, I called Frank back and left a message for him that I just had a few follow-up things to discuss. However, this was his response. This is Frank Perez, and if you're the private investigator I think you are that went to my, my goddaughter's and godson's house, I told you don't fucking call us again unless the police officers show up with a warrant that I have to talk to you, I'm not going to. Frank's the only one that's taken that kind of stance about the investigation. Why, out of everyone I've spoken to, 
everyone that knew James, was Frank so opposed to talk to me? People that were much closer to James since high school, they were willing to talk to me. I wondered why Frank was not. Even though it would have made for an uncomfortable situation, I should have asked Frank the hard questions when I had the opportunity. If given a similar situation in the future, I won't make that same mistake twice. So what was Frank really up to when he got back in the house November 4th, the day the bodies were found? Well, this is an interview with Anna, the friend of Mark Kitchen, who was there to help translate. He was doing things like, first of all, why are you trying to look for car keys? Car keys? And he was looking for car keys. And where's the money, he said. He said that? He said, and he took money. And like, he knows where was the car keys, where was the uh, things, you know? Okay, so Frank Perez, you heard him say, where's the car keys, where's the money? Uh-huh. But he was like a... Uh, Nothing happened, you know, like, <laughs> you go like, oh. He was just acting like it was a normal day? Yeah, like a nothing happened. <laughs> did he did it? Right? Did he do what? Did he is the one that killed them? Next time on Cousins by Blood. To find out more about the case and to see pictures, check out the website at CousinsByBloodPodcast.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you have any information about this case, you can email me at CousinsByBloodPodcast at gmail.com. The Prosecution, read by Catherine Ganimi leach Frank Perez's trial testimony, read by Randall Strew. Rick's trial testimony, read by Chris Rossing. Mixing and mastering by Jody Abbott. Thank you for listening and stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs>